0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Now, I'm going to tell you something funny before I wasn't planning to is this. Christi- yeah, Christine's at the back. Christine, I had a dream about you the other night. It was a funny one. Um, I'm going to tell everyone about this. I've not preached since March, so I'm going to enjoy it this morning, if that's all right. Now, I had this dream. I, w- I woke up. It, basically, Christine wasn't here one morning And because Christine wasn't here, there was no social distancing, there was no restrictions in place, everyone was doing what they wanted, high fives, all the thing. And I woke up and I thought, oh my word, we're going to get shut down. And I was like, thankfully, it's a dream. So, Christine, (laughs) you weren't in the dream, but the dream was about you. So that shows how important you are. But aren't we glad that? we can still meet in the midst of what's going on. And we know that the, you know, the worship isn't the same as usual, but aren't the guys doing a great job? We know that you know we can't... Yeah, go on, let's do that. But what it was good to see this morning as people come in, there's still that buzz as we like to say hello to each other from afar. And we're in this, se- this series called Tis the Season. Now, it's a funny one because Nathan's just used Luke 2. I used if you read my <clears throat> my weekly news before I knew I was preaching on this, I used Luke Two. And this morning I'm gonna be speaking from Luke Two. See, we're gonna be speaking on tis the season of cheer. Tis the season of cheer. See, cheer speaks of a joy and optimism. It's not born from gifts or from alcohol or from bonuses or for whatever that may be, because those things can bring happiness at times, can't they? It's nice to get the new clothes or the gift on Christmas Day, but the reality is that's all temporary. I could give you a Ferrari today and I guarantee in a year's time, you'd be like, well, the tyres cost me £3,000. So I'm pretty annoyed about that. I took it in for a service and that cost another £3,000. What was once this amazing gift becomes a burden. Because the things of this world are Temporary. But I want to tell you today, there is a joy unspeakable that can be found in Jesus that isn't based on what we get in this world, but it's based upon what God gave in his son, Jesus. It comes from knowing, from seeing and hearing about Jesus. Who's glad that there's good news this morning? Let's look at Luke 2 verse 4. It's a fairly long passage, but I want to read all of it. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were terrified. This is what it's like when I wake up in the morning. I get out of bed and the glory of the Lord... (laughs) If you believe that, (laughs) you are deluded. (laughs) Lockdown's had more of an impact than you thought. (laughs) But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, Who is lying in the manger? Now, I would guess that everybody in the room today would be familiar with these verses. I think it's funny because I have such rose tinted spectacles when it comes to these verses in particular. Because we've seen it every Christmas, like every Christmas since I've been born, the 31 years I've been here on this earth, I have seen this story recounted, yeah? In schools, on the TV, in people's gardens now. I don't know if you've seen the nativity in people's gardens. I've seen it. It's there. And I think sometimes because we've seen it in this cute, nice package, we forget the power of the story, I think these are some of the most hope-filled verses in the entire scripture. Now, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been in the right place at the right time? Anybody ever been in the right? We talk about the wrong place at the wrong time, but the right place at the right time. I had that once. I was coming out of work, this is five, six years ago, and I worked in Derby at the time. And I walked out of the the office, into the car park. And who was there right next to me? Steve McLaren. Now, that might not mean much to many people, but Steve McLaren was the England manager. He was the Derby manager at the time. And he was just like right there next to me. Now, one of my good friends at the time was a massive Derby fan, like the biggest Derby fan you could ever be. So I went to Steve. I said, Steve, good to see you. Can I have a photo? Took the selfie and I've still got it. I should, if I was more prepared, I would have put it up. This morning, I was in the right place at the right time. It happened perfectly. But I've also been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Come on, somebody. Wrong place at the wrong time, anyone, yeah? There's a few more people waving to that one. I mean, 2020, like, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, put me in the Bahamas in 2020, no problem. I'll social distance on a beach. That's cool. Wrong place at the wrong time. It could look like, when we see Luke 2, that the shepherds were in the right place at the right time. That it was luck, that it was happenstance, that it just happened. But I don't think that's the case. They were in the right place at the right time. But it wasn't by coincidence. God had ordained this moment before time began And as well, he'd ordained these people. Maybe right now, God has prepared you for this moment. See, it was bizarre that God would appear, the angels would appear to these men. Because we'll go into it in just a second, because these were the last people that God should appear to. These were the last people that God would announce his arrival to. But God did it anyway. I think of Esther, when the country is in turmoil, when the Jews are about to be persecuted, and her uncle says, who knows that you were called to this position for a time as this. She was trying to get out of it. She was trying to go around it. She didn't want to go through the pain that was to go to the king and petition on behalf of her people. I believe that the world needs at the moment some people who who say and believe, I am called. For 2020. God has put me here for 2020. It might be hard. It might not be easy. I might be struggling. I might be going through some stuff. But God has called me here. Because you know, if it's not going to be me and you, then who's it going to be? Because if you go outside, if you look on BBC News or Sky News or wherever you go, the world is falling to pieces. Come on, it's fair to say, isn't it? But I believe that we can be people filled with hope that go into our world and take the joy unspeakable that's found in Jesus. To give you some context in this moment, Luke 2, again, we read the Bible in a bit of a vacuum, but this was spoken into a time, into a place where other things were happening. It was a time of social upheaval. It was a time of extreme change, Um, Jerusalem was occupied by a foreign government. It would have been like us losing the war, the Second World War, and the Germans coming into England and ruling over us. That's what it would have been like. They were becoming slaves. They were oppressed. They were hurting. There was confusion. There was political change. And then to top it all off, they had this guy in place called King Herod, who was a mess. Doesn't it sound familiar? And God chooses this moment in history to announce great joy. I want to tell you today that God sees and hears the pain of the people. This morning, He hears your pain. You're not alone. You're not not doing this on your own. He hears your cry. As you call to Him, as you go to Him, He hears the pain of the people. And as we go on, it's even more interesting the context of this because the Messiah was eagerly awaited. The religious people of the day, the Jews, they were waiting for the Messiah. The problem is, their view of the Messiah was that the Messiah was going to come and He was going to elevate the Jewish people over everybody else and put them above everybody else. But what the Messiah actually did was he wanted to elevate the Jewish people. But guess what? He wanted to elevate all people as well. They were looking for a military leader. They were looking for this royal person from the line of David. We saw that Jesus was from the line of David, but they weren't looking for a carpenter's son. They weren't looking for an average Joe. They were looking for a king born into a palace. But instead, God did it his way. See we see here that God shames the protocol of the proud. Again hasn't that been done in 2020? I don't know about you but like you look back to 2019 and wasn't it so easy? You think back and and God's been using this time to teach me to show me some places where maybe I wasn't trusting where I needed to be, and I was using the crutches of this world. The problem is, the temporary. I've never, I've never known a time, and I don't think anybody in this room has, where God has done some. Well, when something's happened in the world that's been used as universally as this moment. Matthew two verse six. And you little Bethlehem are not insignificant among among the clans of Judah. For out of you will emerge the shepherd king of my people, Israel." See, for the the king, for the Messiah to come out of Bethlehem was crazy. Bethlehem was a nowhere place. It was in the middle of nowhere. Wouldn't the king be born in Jerusalem? If it was today, we'd expect Milan or Paris or London or New York, wouldn't you? You know, places of note. You wouldn't expect God to do something here in Mansfield. Maybe you wouldn't expect the queen to visit here in Mansfield. She might go to Nottingham. She might go to Sheffield or to Derby, but surely not here in Mansfield. But God chooses the low things to shame the wise. I want to tell you today that God can do something here in Mansfield. Do you know why? Because he used Bethlehem. Because he used Bethlehem to announce the arrival of his own son. I believe as a group of people come to him, as a group of people seek him, get to know him, he can use a place like Mansfield to show the world who he is. So the the birth of Jesus shows us a few things. The arrival of Jesus shows us a few things. And the first is this, that the ordinary become extraordinary. Verse 7, it says, she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. This manger, I believe, is an amazing symbol. I believe this manger is an amazing picture of what God does and who God is. Because this manger had started the day as the most basic of objects. It was pathetic. It was probably dirty. It had been used and abused by the animals because it was a feeding trough. Just think about the stink and the mess and all of that stuff that had gone on in this manger. It started its day at the most disgusting and basic of objects, but it finished the day as the cradle for the king. See, the manger is a symbol of what can happen when ordinary people like you and me come to God and say, God, I'll give my all to you. Come and do what only you can do within me. You might feel broken You might feel hurt. You might feel like you're a mess. You might feel like you've got no hope. But I want to tell you, the manger is a symbol that if God can turn that manger into a cradle for a king, He can turn you into someone who is extraordinary when they live with Him. Isn't this the message of the Gospel? That God came to nobodies and made them somebodies. That's the message of the Gospel in a manger. This manger would be seen in plays and, and productions throughout the world. Not because of what it was, but because of who was in it. And I want to tell you today, God can use you, maybe not because of what you are naturally. He can use you because you make yourself available. The manger was just available. It was there. It was in the right place at the right time. Are we going to use this moment to make ourselves available? 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27. But God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they're wise. And God chose the puny and powerless to shame the high and the mighty. He chose the lowly and the laughable in the world's eyes, nobodies. I'm amazed when I read my Bible I'm amazed when I look through the history of God, how He takes people who were a mess, how He takes people with colourful past, how He takes people who were broken, who were hurt, who were, who were sinners, who really got it wrong, and He uses them to bless people and to serve the world. I think if you, you sat here today, then you're probably imperfect. If you're not, you probably need to find somewhere else. If you're perfect, just go somewhere else because you're going to make us all feel bad. There's no perfect people, is there? That's why we can laugh at that. We know we're not perfect. We know we've got weaknesses and insufficiencies. But if you can say to God, I'm available. What did Isaiah say? Here I am. Send me. If we can say that to him, he'll use us to do something special. The second thing is this, that God came to lowliness before loftiness. I love this account. I love the nativity story because in it, God outlines who he came for right from the very start. Because last week we heard about the wise men. These wise men, they were prime ministers, kings, the, the best of the best, You know, they were the, I don't know, the Richard Bransons, probably even better than Richard Branson. I'm just trying to think of someone, but they were the best of the best. Whoever you picture as that, that's what the wise men were. And the shepherds, you might not realise it, but in the context of the day, they were nobodies. They were the lowest of the low. They were outcasts of society because of the smelly work they did. They were nomads. They were nobodies. And I think this morning, if you were here, you fit somewhere in between. Maybe you're not quite the best of the best. Maybe you're not the worst of the worst. But the beauty of the nativity story is this, that God came for the worst of the worst and for the best of the best. See, these shepherds, why did God choose shepherds? In the law of the day, they, in the court, they would have no standing. They wouldn't be trusted. They were not to be trusted. They couldn't even go into the temple because they were unclean. But God chose to reveal himself to those people and he chose those first as well. He came to the shepherds before the wise men. What's he doing? He's placing value on them. Arena Church, we have a mandate to place value on all people. No matter the background, no matter where they're from, no matter what they look like or how they dress, we are called to place value on everybody. When you've heard it here at Arena, everybody is somebody at Arena, aren't they? Do we believe that? That's why we do what we do with the community. That's why we we do the the care for a coffee. That's why we're sending 50 or so um, Christmas dinners for people who can't do it themselves because we want to put value On those who maybe the world doesn't even value. Proverbs 31 verse 8 to 9 says this. Speak up for the people who have no voice. For the rights of all the down and outers. Speak out for justice. Stand up for the poor and the destitute. Come on, this is what we are called to be in this season of cheer, in this season of joy. Will we be people who stand up for the poor? Will we be people who stand up for the down and outs? Will we be people who use what God's given us to bless those around us? Will we leverage our resources and our our time and our commitment? Will we leverage our relationships to help those who need it? Because I don't know about you, but God's been so good to me and I want to use what he's given me to bless others. There's a prophetic mandate on Arena Church. It comes from Luke 4 verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted and new eyes for the blind. I love this. And to preach to prisoners, you are, Are set free. Come on today. Don't we see people who are bound in our world? This is the message that we are called to take into the world that you can be set free as you come to Jesus. Come on, that person on the cashier, that person on the bus, that person at work, the message of Jesus is that you can be, and if you want to be, you can be set free in Jesus. That's what we're called to be to bind up the broken, to help the broken hearted, to be there for the lost, to announce God's arrival. And lastly, we see that from dark and despair comes permanent joy. I love those words of the angels because, the angels, sorry, because I think the shepherds were freaking out. Come on, if you were somewhere in the middle of the night and then something just appeared out of nowhere, you'd be pretty scared, wouldn't you? You know, I know what it's like when I go downstairs in the middle of the night. Patrick, I've seen you. I know what you're like as well. Climbing around the corner, put the light on before you walk in the room. I know what you're like, mate. Bernadette's told me. He's a big guy, but he's scared of the dog as well. (laughs) You know what it's like? These guys were in the middle of nowhere. It says it was in the middle of night. It would have been pitch black. There was no lights back then. And this angel appears. His first words, do not be afraid. It's easy to be afraid when things happen that we don't expect. It's easy to be afraid when... We feel things that we've never felt before, when we see things we've never seen before, when unexpected times come upon us. But the message of God today is do not be afraid. Not just in the moment, but in this life that we live. See, these shepherds, they'd gone from a life of fear, a life of disappointment because no one set out to be a shepherd we know it in our world today. Come on, no, no one set out to, to live on the street. No one set out to be, be trapped in a life of, of addiction. But they find themselves there. These shepherds, they were live in a life of disappointment, of fear, of anxiety, that they'd missed the boat. But now this angel's here and he proclaims joy. Joy, joy for all people, for everyone. See, this joy was not based on their current situation because the current situation wasn't gonna change. But if you read the Bible, you'll know that God is far more bothered about what's going on inside than what's outside. You can be in the same situation, you can live in the same house, you can be in the same year, but you can go through it with joy unspeakable because God is doing something on the inside of you. Does anybody believe that today? The situation didn't change. They were still shepherds after this encounter. We don't hear anything else about them, but I don't think the situation changed. But what changed was inside of them. They had a joy unspeakable because this saviour would be born. The, The angel announced a season of cheer that wasn't temporary, but that would last forever. Verse 10 of uh, verse ten of Luke two in the, the Passion um, translation, it reads this: "For I've come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard, and it's for everyone, everywhere. Now we've got a, a little baby olive. She brings great joy to us, but but just to us, not to everyone. See, there's not going to be great joy because there's a baby come. Because you know, joy, babies bring joy. You know that." But babies don't bring joy to everyone. This baby wasn't going to bring joy because of what it was, but because who he was. He was the son of God that was going to set the captives free. He was the son of God who was going to announce a new day. He was the son of God who was going to forgive our sins forever. He was the son of God who was going to conquer death and grave so that you and I could walk into eternity. We're talking about something that happened 2,020 years ago and still Jesus is changing lives right now. Still he's bringing hope to the hopeless. Still he's bringing joy to those who are down. Still he's lifting spirits. God brings good news. The most joyous news you've heard. Are you trapped? Are you depressed? Are you hopeless? Are you despairing? Then this verse is for you. This is your promise that hope is here. Come on today, fill your heart and mind with that, with His favour, with His grace, with His promises and with His truth. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are precious to God. And as you meditate on these things, as your mind gets off of the shifting sands of what we're going through in this world to the permanence of who God is and who God has called you to be, you can have joy unspeakable. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, the Saviour, Has come. Lights now dispelling darkness. The sun has risen onto the darkened shadows of people's hearts. This story, this message, this account is not just for 45 people here this morning, it's for everyone, everywhere, without expectations. We need to go beyond the quaint, familiar view of the Nativity. And remember what God did when he sent his son to this earth. Just do me a favour, bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to pray for you on the back of this. Thank you, Jesus.